0: We're going to take a look at the 2024 Seattle Mariners-Steamers projections for the hitters, including the bench guys. We're going to look at Julio, all that and more here in episode 52, the Chance Ruffin episode of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network. But first, we got to check in with Joe. Joe, how are you?
1: I'm not emotionally okay. We did not agree on whoever the hell Chance Ruffin is. You don't remember Chance Ruffin? It was supposed to be the Dominic Leone episode, but whatever. I, I will move on. Yes, we're looking at Steamer projections We feel like it's about time. The roster feels like it's in place for the most part, as far as offense goes. So we're going to take a look at it, you know, beforehand it was like, we don't have Mitch Garver. There was no Luke Rayleigh, There was no Mitch. Like there's guys now added to this team where it feels like a more complete fleshed out roster. So we're finally going to dive in and I'm, you know, er early odds on bet here that Julio is going to be the best player out of this bunch. But if you want to make a bet on it, do it on bet online. Bet online is one of our favorite partners to work with as part of the Believe Network. When you head to Bet online and use promo code Believe, on your first deposit, you're going to get a 50% off welcome bonus. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner, and there's no strings attached for the Seattle sports fans unless for some reason you're an out-of-Seattle sports fan for football because, unfortunately, the Seahawks did get eliminated. But no strings attached means you can place bets wherever you feel like without your emotions getting too heavily involved. And say you're not an NFL better, maybe you like the NBA more obviously bet online has you covered there and going even further down the line they've got the nhl they've got every major sport that you guys can think of so head to bet online to place those bets today they've got you covered with all the up to the second odds news and scores and you've got additional odds lines and trends and that info is available to you on both desktop and mobile so you can access the world's best wagering info anytime anywhere any place remember that's code b-l-e-a-v for your 50 off welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online it's where the game starts but we can't start there of course because there's the bench guys we gotta take a look at colton and some of these guys I don't know if we're really going to see as many plate appearances as steamers giving them, but it's one of those situations where they just kind of have to give them an amount based around if there's injuries, if they see playing time, what have you. So like we're, we're, I'm going to skip ahead to 12 here instead of 16 on the steamer projection list. Do I think Ryan bliss plays in 62 games and gets 250 plate appearances might be a little high on, on, for my personal, you know, thought process there, but Overall, we're just going to talk about the bench guys first, starting with Cade Marlowe.
0: Yeah, they have Cade Marlowe playing in just 39 games, 139 ABs. I mean, I feel like that's about right with where this team is right now. I don't know, honestly, like if he projects to be in AAA to start the year or right now, if he's going to be kind of like your guy off the bench. Obviously, you know, you're going to be limited on spots. They have Cade hitting 213. Same with uh, Taylor Schrammel. They have him playing in 26 games, hitting 206. Uh, four home runs for both Cade and for Taylor Trammell. So I honestly would give the upside to Taylor Trammell over Cade Marlowe just because I feel like he has more upside. Um, They, interestingly enough, don't have Zach Deloach at all as a guy who is going to see any major league game. So I don't know what that's all about, but keep it going.
1: I mean, I would honestly say for Deloach, you'd probably be in that same boat with Marlowe Trammell, like mm-hmm. around like 30 games, maybe 40 if you're – See maybe there's I want to say injuries knock on wood, but you know, some things happen that aren't necessarily the best for the team overall. Deloach might see, you know, around 40 games. I would say honestly, for Cade, those 39 games might just be like a defensive replacement thing if he's on the roster at any point. Might not be, you know, a bad shout to get him there defensively at the end of the game if you've got Mitch in there in the you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, whatever. But for the outfield, that's pretty much it. As far as bench guys, there's one more standout guy that has seen his, I think, role in terms of projections kind of cut a little bit since some acquisitions were made. But moving forward, next up is Sam Haggerty. Only have been playing in like 37 games. So the, the, the Ham Swaggerty support group, you're gonna need a little bit more help this year. That's, I honestly I'm kind of surprised it's that low. It's like half of what Dylan Moore's gonna get. And they got him hit in 240. Gonna rip three home runs, apparently. We know what Sam Haggerty brings to the table. You know, a a decent presence in the field defensively. A guy on the base paths that can be a menace and be disruptive in that way. They have him at eight steals. If he gets the playing time, it could jump up to 15, 20. But at only 37 games, what else can you really expect from Sam Haggerty? The next guy up, this is to me kind of an interesting one just because it's shows where i think projections it, it all depends on cal because it's sebi savala and they only have him playing in 30 games which i think is pretty accurate you know if you can get cal behind the dish for 130 games maybe do 120 and then have him dh10 like he's playing in 130 games that's fine because sebi when cal is not catching sebi savala is probably gonna have to catch because you don't want Garver back there to, pre- to preserve his health and sebi savala it's nothing special with the bat it's the um Only average in the projections below 200, which is great. A 190 (laughs) average with 43 Ks and 104 at bats. So that strikeout rate is staying high. It's staying high up there, just like his career norm, unfortunately. But we know that's not why Sebby Saval is on the roster. It's to be the defensive catcher when Cal needs a day off. He's there to do that. Offensively, if he can hit above 200, I'll be okay.
0: Yeah, moving on to Ryan Bliss, like you said earlier, they have not projected in 62 games, which I can see it, especially depending on if like the Rojas platoon kind of struggles at the start of the year. Uh, they have him in 228 with six home runs. So I don't really know what to expect out of Ryan Bliss. I wouldn't expect to see him until the second half of the year. Um, they do have him playing in more games than Dominic Canzone though, which I think doesn't make sense to me. Dom Canzone, it says that he was only going to play in 44 games with 162 at-bats. I think he's going to get well over that, in my opinion. I think that he will probably play in 70 plus games with like a, I don't know,
1: 250 at-bats. Do you agree with that? I definitely, this is the guy that I was talking about where his production or his in terms of projections, it just got sliced in half with the acquisitions of Luke Rayleigh and Mitch Haniger. Because prior to this, Canzone was in your starting lineup as one of your outfielders, I would say. And now he's relegated to the fourth outfield spot. Maybe he's platooning with Mitch, but they said Mitch wants, they want him to be an everyday guy and write as much as they can. So Dom, I think he's got a good chance to put it together and be an everyday guy. If he gets the opportunity, it's just with how the rosters construct right now, there really doesn't seem like that big of a a fit for that. I think you're probably pretty right on, like 70, maybe 80 games. If his hit tool, which is his biggest asset, is it's going well, he's able to not get fooled by off-speed pitches. I mean, I don't really know if I want to see him in in against a lefty, but if he's smashing the ball, of course he's going to see more playing time naturally. So it all depends on how he comes out swinging out the gates. They've got him at 254, hitting seven home runs in those. Forty-four games, So, you know, if he's hitting closer, like 260, 265, 270, those games and those appearances are definitely going to increase quite a bit. Could maybe take away opportunities from guys like Dylan Moore, who's probably your first guy off the bench, or maybe even in a platoon still with Josh Rojas as the roster stands right now. And I mean, I don't hate Dylan Moore as a platoon utility everyday guy. I think if we'd started last year with that in mind, and he wasn't injured with Colton Wong. Maybe Dylan Moore has a better year, a little bit more put together, because a lot of the bench guys were very streaky last year, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, if you get the guy hot at the right time and he wins you a game, that's great. It's just, can you bank on that production? And so far, out of any of these projections that we've talked about of the left-handed hitting outfielders, the backup defensive like you can't really be fully dependable on them but i want to see more out of dylan moore this year and his 207 average that's a projection it's a little bit low for what i would want and sure like dylan moore he puts up a decent wrc plus because he sometimes just comes in and hits nukes for a little bit and then he goes quiet so they've only got him at a 90 wrc plus on fan graphs a strikeout rate at 30.5 percent. it's just like if we want him to be the first guy off the bench the major utility guy still a part of a platoon You're going to want more out of Dylan Moore. All
0: right. Let's get into... I hate you. Let's get into the lineup really quick. We're going to start down at the bottom of the lineup, according to Roster Resource, and that's going to be with second baseman Josh Rojas. Now, interestingly enough, they have Josh Rojas playing in 104 games, hitting 241 with eight home runs. Um, 104 games, the way this roster is currently constructed, seems very low to me because... Who is taking over those other games at second base? Is it Dylan Moore? Like yes. I'd say Dylan Ryan Moore, List?
1: like Sam Haggerty, like, Ryan Bliss, all three of those guys are definitely viable options. But I agree still though that if you are rolling into the season with Josh Rojas at second, I think you're gonna put a little bit more faith in him and get him at close to like 115, 120 But I don't know where Ross or where Steamer's kind of sitting at with that platoon if they value Dylan Moore like a bit more there, or if they're looking at right, it's just how the name works. It's not my fault. His name is more. Okay, if so you it's, use that analogy one more time, I'm not going to say it anymore. Okay, I'm not going to say it anymore. Where the game start? Don't don't get up and leave. Don't get up and leave. We've got more to say. Um. So yeah, Josh Rojas. I honestly, I think he's going to have a pretty good year. I've got some faith that. Just this ninety-two WRC plus from Josh Rojas, it's good. I I I want to write it in that he's gonna have a WRC plus at at least one hundred. Like I think he will be a league average bat. And go back to his Arizona days where he's putting up two three wins at I think it was third at the time, but yeah. second base for the Mariners now because there's you know Luis Arias at third who we'll talk about in a second, but. I don't know. I don't know if I'm high on Josh Rojas. He doesn't strike out a ton. I liked his approach a lot at the end of last year when he finally got settled in. It's just a matter of whether or not he can replicate that. And obviously we're not looking at a ton of power from Josh Rojas, but I don't know if maybe my, my expectations are just so low because second base was awful for us in the first half last year. Cabby was fine, but it was mainly his values coming from defense and base running less of, you know, his actual skills with the bat. And I, ch- I trust Josh Rojas a lot more than I do Cabby. And, you know, I trusted Colton Wong. That bit us in the ass last year. Can we trust Josh Rojas this year? I hope so.
0: Mm-hmm. A guy that I'm still worried about is Luis Urias, who is coming in at eighth on the roster resource um, lineup here. In 110 games, they have Luis Urias hitting 231 with 13 home runs. So... 97 strikeouts and two and 372 ABs. Like it's nothing special again, out of Luis Arias. And you definitely want more production out of your third baseman. Again, they have him playing in 110 games. So it's like, where are those other games going? Are those ones also going to Dylan Moore? Like, <laughs> how are they splitting this up? Like, so there, I think they're putting a lot of stock in Ryan bliss coming up early, which I know half of the Mariners fans are also, but I don't know. It's tough to say where all these games are going for someone like Luis Arias, because it, again, if he can get back to what he was when he was with the Brewers, he's a really good player for the Mariners to have. Mm-hmm. It's a big if, but at the same time, going into 2024, I'm not comfortable with Rojas and Urias playing each, ha- handling a position by themselves anyway. So, I, I don't know. I don't love the idea of Luis Urias hitting 231 over there with only 13 bombs at third base. But I think that right now, what choice do you have?
1: Yeah, I think... If we look back to his 2022 year in Milwaukee, he played in 119 games and that's pretty close to the steamer projection of 110 here and he hit 239 335 404 with a 739 OPS and a 108 OPS plus. Struck out 99 times. Like that strikeout percentage is not terrible. It's 20 it's it's 21%, so he's still like hovering around league average in terms of strikeout percentage and in that year 16 homers, 47 runs driven in. So, you know, it's not terrible production. It's just you think about third base, and there's a lot of guys around the league that are the big boppers. You know, Austin Riley, Nolan Arenado. Like, there's plenty of talent at third base. And thinking about where Gino was at just a season ago, not 2023 because his offense was down. But in 2022, you know, 31 home runs or however many it was. Sure, he was running a high strikeout rate, but are we going to be able to replicate his ability to drive runs in with a guy who in 119 games in 2022, only drove in 47 runs and sure. It's all dependent on where he's sitting at in the lineup. Who's in front of him. Cause he drove in 75 runs in 2021 in 150 games played. So Luis Urias, I I'm not, I am honestly, I think I'm higher on Josh Rojas than I am. Luis Urias personally. Same. I think the injury history with Urias at his legs, Last year, he just could not keep him healthy. With Rojas, we saw him have flashes of good health and kind of what he was. It's the same conversation, I think. You want guys to go back to who they were on the team that you previously acquired acquired them from, except we acquired Arias from the Red Sox, but that's not the point. Just guys that are two, three years removed from above average years, putting up two, three wins. If you could put them in a platoon, it'd be perfect. That means there's room for this roster to to grow potentially, but as it stands right now, I don't really know if that's really in the cards for the Mariners, but if Luis Arias can be just league average, 100 WRC plus, one and a half wins, two wins, I'll be okay with him there at third base. Yeah, I
0: mean, Gino in 2023 was right around league average. Like He had a 99 Mm -hmm. uh, WRC plus. A guy who I think it looks like they have taken quite a big step back is Luke Rayleigh Not a huge step back, but... In 102 games for Rayleigh. They have him hitting 17 home runs with a 231 average, striking out 130 times in 364 played appearance or in 364 at bats. So I don't know about those numbers for Rayleigh. I don't love them. What do they have him for uh WRC plus wise? 105. So yeah, that's you know a pretty big step back in my opinion for Luke Rayleigh. Um they have him with a 31.5% strikeout percentage, which is I feel like probably about right for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a guy who's hopefully going to be hitting in the middle of your lineup, those are not fantastic numbers. Now, with that being said, you only give up Jose Caballero for him. So whatever, I don't care. It's better than throwing Cade Marlowe out there. But I would like to see Luke Raley's numbers much better than what they're showing here on Steamer. Uh, if he can get close closer to 250 with 22 to 25 home runs, then I'm in maybe get that wrc plus up to like 110 ish on there, but I mean they, it shows they don't think that Luke Rayleigh is going to be an everyday guy out there in left field. I don't know who the heck they're platooning him with, but the 102 games, I don't know who else is playing out there, but some other lefty because we only have other we only have left-handed hitters.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. the it's the oops all left-handed hitting outfielders for this iteration. Yeah, last year, Rayleigh in 118 games hit 249, 333, 490 with an 824 OPS and a 126 OPS Plus. Sorry that we're switching back between fangraphs and reference there for the OPS Plus and WRC Plus there, but that's closer in line to with what you want with, say, his average. And the power was 19 home runs last year, so you're asking for a little bit more power from Rayleigh. Maybe that power goes into a bit more doubles because he's got good speed to, I think, you know play in T-Mobile where hit a ball down the line he's stretching that what could be a single into a double or you know he's hitting a gap and setting on the burners kind of similar to how Jared used to do (laughs) and shut up I still miss him but in this roster resource projection here of the lineup hitting seventh I think is fine it's just I might move him one up to six, but I don't know who you move down of like Mitch or Ty in that situation. I think it all just kind of depends on the day and what the matchup is looking like, but the strikeout percentage is the big thing for him. And you're right on where 31 and percent it's his what it's what he posted last year with the raise. So he's a, he's a big high strikeout guy, but there's less of them on the roster this year. So having him be there, it's not going to be as big of a detriment, like having, Gino and Teo. as part of your life you're only having Luke Rayleigh. only 102 games I think you want it closer to 115 120 which you played last year for the Rays just because you don't really have anybody else on this marriage roster that can go out and do that but other things that I I think is kind of noteworthy like the run production only 47 runs scored 51 driven in so they don't really have him figuring into the, the top part of that lineup where he's hitting fifth or sixth it looks like Based on this, they're pretty akin to having him bat seventh, but are we ready to uh, move on up here?
0: Yeah, let's talk about Mitch Haniger, who they have playing in 126 games, by the way, uh, hitting 22 home runs, hitting 235 with 137 strikeouts in 470 ABs. 126 games for Mitch. Do you think he gets there?
1: You know, I wouldn't bet on it, but I'm just kidding. Mitch Haniger playing in 120 some odd games. Like he's, he's never done it. It's always been boom or bust. Like he's playing in 150 or he's playing in 60. There's no in between for Mitch. I hope that we can find a nice middle ground because getting 120 games out of Mitch would be nice. I think that would be, I think that would exceed expectations in terms of what we can get out of him. And DePoto has said, we want him to be in right field as much as his body is willing to let him and 22 homers, 66 driven in, I mean, in 120 games, I feel like those numbers are a little low. I mean, last time Mitch was a full-time Mariner in 2021, he hit 39 bombs and drove in hundred runs. So it's like, why are we, I don't know if it's like, you know, age or regression kind of hitting Hanager there, but if we can see 120, I like our chances in terms of where the outfield production is going to come from. But Average is a little low, only 235. I mean, he's never been a big average guy, but in his best years, he hit 253 in 2021 and then 285 in 2018. But that was, you know, that's pretty a ways away removed, if you will. But he's had a down year with San Francisco, so I understand why they're low on him. I just, I don't know if it's my bias, my copium that I want Hanager to be closer to like 250, maybe with like 25, 26 homers driving in 80. Like similar similar to Teo, just in 30 less games, which mm-hmm. might be a pretty tall order given his injury history.
0: Moving on now to Ty France. They have him playing in 146 games, which makes sense because who the hell else is going to play first base? Mm-hmm. Um and he's hitting 269 with 21 hit by pitches, by the way. <laughs> um 18 home runs, 74 runs, 73 RBI, 108 Ks in 554 at bat. So pretty good K percentage there from Ty France. Ah, uh, two sixty nine. You know he's ba- they they have Ty bouncing back a little bit in twenty twenty four, and I think that that really goes to show with his one sixteen, uh, WRC plus that they have here on FanGraphs. He is a guy that we all think had a really down year last year, but has the chance to bounce back this year if he can get back to who he was just in twenty twenty two. That's a really big addition to this lineup that desperately needed Ty France in 2023 I think that if Ty France does struggle again there's a decent chance that he is I wouldn't say off the roster but definitely losing playing time to somebody by the end of this year whether that be through a trade acquisition or really really rushing up Tyler Locklear which I don't think is going to happen but I don't know overall I like the numbers from Ty France I think that I would still like to see him get above 20 home runs and I think he does have the power to do so once they figure out what the heck was wrong with his swing last year I think that Ty France is a guy who could be a big bounce back candidate in 2024.
1: For Ty, the big thing last year from 2022 to 2023 and then what we're looking at in the projections now is that slugging percentage. Like, yeah, we saw his power get sapped pretty pretty he- like heavily in 2023, but from 2022 into 2023, he lost 70 points off of his slugging, which is a huge downgrade. Didn't, I mean, he was hit, he hit more doubles, it's just, significantly less home runs and he played in 18 more games. He had 30 more at bats and he hit eight less home runs. It's just whatever is wrong with that swing, like you're saying, he just did not have any power in the pull side, going opposite field. You know, we've seen him take the ball the other way at the top of the zone and poke it out over the top of the fence. But in 2024, the Steam projection, they've got him back at a 422 slugging. So it's right around where he was at in 2022. And you know, we we all know the issue with 2022 France as well. He had a really hot first half, and then ever since Sheldon Noisy ran into his arm, there's been some sort of nagging issue with Ty. And he was able to get some of it back in 22, but it never really it it, it never came to fruition in 2023. And like you're saying, huge acquisition internally, I guess if you want to call it that. If Ty France is back to being who Ty France should be. In 2024, that strikeout percentage is right in line with his career average, and I don't know 116 wRC plus, like you're saying, I'm I'm in on the projections for Ty France. Normally, I'm like, hey, they could do a little bit more. I'm I'm pretty like safe and sound with Ty from Steamer
0: here. Can I just point out that Ty France is the only person in the starting nine that does not is not projected to get caught stealing.
1: Speed kills, baby. (laughs) He's
0: only projected to get one stolen base. Shout out Ty France in that speed. Moving on to medium dumper. If you guys have seen the video, you know Mm -hmm. Cal's looking a little slim, and the weight didn't just fall off of his stomach. So it's not bulking season yet. He's he is in cutting season. All right. So so we 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 look at his projections here, and you may not be surprised to hear that he's only projected to hit twenty nine home runs. (laughs) instead of 30 plus because we all know the power is derived from that voluptuous dumper okay uh in a 131 games which is a lot of games for a catcher Cals projected to hit 231 with 29 home runs 68 runs 81 Rbis strike out 147 times and just under 500 at bats Cal Raleigh obviously is the catcher of the future for the marriage as long as he as for as long as he sticks around he is criminally underrated by the shredder and <laughs> you know mlb network but we all know just how good cal raleigh is when he is on pal is the guy who probably should factor into more like 120 ish games like you said uh as a catcher and then you know 20 to 30 i would love to see it as a as a dh you know what i mean let's get him in all 150 why not
1: i mean he played in 145 last year yeah so, so... He, he has shown that he can play in that many games played he... Caught 128 last year, DH'd for 15. So if you can lower that catch, the, the you know him behind the plate by eight more games, get him a little bit healthier, get his legs a little bit more fresh, and he's DHing you know five, ten more times each year, those offensive numbers will go up. And the WRC plus in 2024, it's projected at the same 111, running it back. I just feel like Cow's going to grow, and I don't know if it's you know working on the strikeout percentage projected at 26.7. It's a little bit lower than. He Was in 2023, so it's just for me, I think Cal. This is the last year that I think Cal will take another step forward, and then we'll finally see like final form Cal Raleigh, even if it's just medium dumper.
0: I was gonna say, I hope this isn't his final
1: form. I hey, was hoping like every year would just get a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. Hey, it's I'm telling you, it's he's in a cut once it once the season starts ramping up, he's at spring training, it's bulking season, they'll be back at In and Out. Can, they he, got
0: in and out down there you can bulk
1: all he wants <laughs> and the big dumper will be back in in full force if you will a
0: new guy for 2024 mitch garver they have playing in 121 games lol hitting 235 with uh 24 home runs 65 runs 71 rbi and 455 plate appearances 137 strikeouts we all know why I said LOL, and that's because
1: Mitch Garver in 121 games. Joe, why is that funny? Because he's never played in more than 102 games in his entire <laughs> career. How yeah. many How many at-bats did it say? 455. Yeah, he's never seen more than 311. And I get right. it. I get it to an extent because he's going to be DH only aside from maybe 5, 10 games out of the year, I would say. He's going to catch 10 of those games. Maybe his legs, his overall health, stay just th- it stay intact. He, that's all he needs to do. Just stay healthy. And I could see him reaching this number of 120 games. It's just we've never seen it before. And trying to project and base it around like avoiding injuries. It's a very tough task. And I, I you know, the one time I'll do it, I commend Fangraphs for trying to make us believe that Mitch Carver's is going to play in 121 <laughs> games. But if he does, I mean, 24 homers driving in 71 runs, scoring 65, like, you know, it's it's pretty good. I'd like it maybe to be a little bit higher in terms of runs driven in because, I mean, they've got him. They've got him in three for crying out loud. Julio's probably going to be on base a decent amount, I'd hope. Mitch Garver, he's going to be the the answer to the rotating door DH, finally. And I think as far as projections go, he it's fine. Like, I'm not... I'm not like going goo gaga over Mitch Garver's projections here. Like 26.2 strikeout percentage, it's fine, but like the walk percentage is really good. So like he's chilling there. It's a 115 WRC plus. Like, but he, I think he can be like a like a 130 guy if he's able to stay healthy and produce. And like with Texas last year, he put up damn near 130 WRC plus. So like, why can't he do that with Seattle? I think they've he's got the tools to do it. It's just a matter of staying healthy. Why did you say Goo Goo Gaga like a baby? <laughs> I don't even think that makes sense. Like going like <laughs> oogly booglies for it? You know, like I'm going crazy over his projections? <laughs> like I'm I'm in love with his projections? Does that... Anyway.
0: That, that doesn't make sense? Moving on to the big fish here. All right. Big fish of Mr. Julio Rodriguez, who the Mariners have playing in 150 games with 606 out of balance, hitting 33 home runs. 102 runs, 95 RBI with 154 strikeouts and a 282 batting average, 31 stolen bags for Mr. Julio Rodriguez. I think that this is a great year for Julio. He's just going to continue to grow. Um, I think that these numbers, I wouldn't say that we should expect them, right? But I feel like that this is pretty close to what we could see out of Julio in 2024. Um, He continues to grow as one of the faces of MLB. He's one of the most important players in the american league right now in my opinion and i think that for the Mariners, he's obviously the face of this franchise he needs to be the guy who puts up numbers like this that is the expectation for him now when you have been as good and as hyped up as he has been these are the the kind of numbers you need to put up on a year in year in year out basis because without julio rodriguez this team never even sniffs the playoffs Mm -hmm. so Obviously, we know that Julio had a really weird year in 2023. August, he really pumped up those numbers. But in 2024, they have him with a 137 WRC+. I mean, if, if Julio puts up these kind of numbers with a 346 OBP, a 513 slugging, I think Julio could be with these numbers in the talks for MVP in 2024.
1: For Julio, I think to push into that MVP conversation, these are fine. I think penciling this in for Julio every year, It's fine. But I want, I have a mighty need, a push for that 40-40 year. Because I think that'd be sick. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that really would cement it as far, unless, you know, Judge goes crazy or Soto goes crazy. Like, of course, we can't control what other people do in the MLB. But last year finished with an MVP four. What we're looking at right here, I think, is definitely within the top five again. And if he pushes for that 40-40 year, be icing on the cake and would solidify Julio as... A very qualified MVP candidate. He did twenty a 2020 season in his rookie year, did 30 30 last year. Why not just keep adding them up? You know, 2025, we're looking at 50 50. 2026, 20, no, I'm just kidding. Getting, getting a little out of hand, but. 2030 is going to be crazy. <laughs> absolutely bonkers. <laughs> One thing I wanted to look at for Julio a little bit more is they've got his strikeout percentage going down again. So it's at 22.8 in his projection. In his rookie year, it was 25.9, and last year it was 24.5, so he's going to be right around league average. If Julio can strike out at a league average rate, he's only been a little bit above it previously, but dudes, if he continues to just work on that aspect of his game of not chasing out of the zone, not getting beat by pitches high and in, like, you could really see some more, I think, historic runs. I don't think he's going to, you know, get 17 hits in a row or whatever it was, but You could see him put together stretches like that more than just once. Like it's not going to just be isolated incidents where it's like only August. Like you could see him go on runs throughout the entire year, which is, I think, what is important for like those superstar caliber players that they're consistent at putting together great at bats every single time, like throughout the entire year. And those projections, I think they show that for Julio. Honestly,
0: I agree with that. I think that, like I said, Julio, if he does cut down on his strikeout rate and just starts making more hard contact. These numbers are only going to go up, in my opinion. Yeah, these numbers are similar to kind of what we saw in 2023. But if, it's, if he is striking out less and making contact more, barring an injury, of course, which is obviously when you talk about projections, you have to say, you know, hey, if this guy gets injured, it's all thrown out the window. Barring an injury, Julio playing in 150 games. Yeah, I think that that is probably right on par because you need him in your lineup every single day. If he cuts down on those strikeouts and he's making more hard contact, Julio... I have no doubt in my mind would honestly hit closer to 300 in my opinion. I think that Julio has the potential to hit it at 300. I think that 275 is probably his floor of where he should be hitting anywhere between 275 and 300 is where I think Julio needs to live. I think 30 plus home runs every year. Like you said, we can pencil him in if he can reach 40. He is one of the best players in all of baseball. No doubt. in My mind does not matter who else is around. He's one of the best players in all of baseball. Moving on now to a guy who I think was one of the better shortstops in all of baseball. Although again, he was only number ten on the best shortstops of baseball from the Shredder list. L was J. P. Crawford. They do have him sl- uh, slumping a little bit in 2024. In 149 games, hitting just 14 home runs with a .258 batting average. They have him at a 114 WRC plus a .355 OBP. That OBP is still strong for J. P. But yeah, J. P. Down to 114 after his 2023. I hope that's not the case, but I do understand why they feel that way because it does feel like kind of like an anomaly year for J.P. Crawford. He had a really, really good year after some eh, iffy years there with the Seattle Mariners. J.P. Crawford, they have not playing in 149 games. So, again, he is the captain of this team. He is the leader. He is the voice. And I think that if J.P. can build on what he did or even just repeat what he did in 2023, you're talking about him as one of the top five shortstops in all of baseball.
1: According to Steamer though, that's not gonna happen in 2024. I I didn't hate him being at 10 on the shredder list personally, because this is his first like big year, his right. breakout year. And it's at age twenty-eight, so like realistically that could be his peak. And I don't I don't hate it at ten. I don't really dislike the projections either. I think they're fair. Do I think JP can repeat in twenty twenty-four what he did in twenty twenty-three? I'd say pretty damn close. Because like previously He was putting up a 103 WRC plus in 2021 and 2022 that jumps up 30 points because I mean, I'm going to attribute it all the driveline for a little bit of copium for some other guys (laughs) in the Mariners that are there right now, but driveline really changed his approach at the plate and allowed him to ambush pitches that normally he was either fighting off or just not making solid contact to. He was able to get the barrel to the ball in 2023. And I don't see that necessarily falling off. I'd say give it another year or two, then maybe you start to lose some of that i think reaction time some of that physical speed that power if you will then i could see this drop off go back to maybe his 2022 or 2021 years in terms of power but 13 or 14 home runs it's fine i think the big drop off here it's actually not even that big of a drop off i was looking at his doubles he hit 35 last year they still got him at 32 so it's like i don't know where this big drop off in terms of his slugging is going it's a, according to the projections, a forty point drop off and twenty in terms of his WRC plus. So it's just like I don't know. How many at bats did he have in 2023? He had five hundred and thirty-four. So they've got him forty more. Forty more. Yeah. So maybe you know the walk rate's going down. It's a little bit less. They've got it at twelve point one percent versus fourteen point seven. But I don't know. I'm I am still going into next year comfortable JP at the leadoff spot. I think he will be able to repeat on a pretty basic level, what he did in 2023. And I think those projections for 2024 show that similar runs scored close ish enough in power. So it's not like, you know, maybe, maybe pitchers kind of have a better way to pitch to him now, just cause you know, they're not going to throw him pitches inside that he can get the barrel to. So
0: overall looking at this lineup based on the projections, is it a division winner?
1: Not necessarily.
0: No, I don't think so, but can it can, can it compete for a wild card? I think so. And especially depending on, you know, what we're still, you know, two months away from spring training games and getting close to the season. So we've got a while for the Maris to still make some moves and they might, they, they very well might make some moves also in season. We heard they might be spending some of that money in season. I don't know. I think that this roster is still one bat away from being complete, whether that be in that second base, third base, or maybe even one more, you know, big bopper in the outfield to let Luke Rayleigh kind of rove a little bit more. I'm not sure. But if the Bears are able to add one more piece, I think that this is a really formidable lineup. I don't know who that piece could be. I think that adding, you know, another 250 hitter with 20 plus home runs on this ledger would be a good addition to this team, honestly. And we, we saw some guys out here, like we talked about Mitch Garver, whose projections are, I wouldn't say they're unrealistic, but... Based on everything we've seen throughout their careers, unlikely, in my opinion. And then we saw some guys that I feel like are pretty safe bets. Like, as crazy as it, as it is to say, I think Julio's a pretty safe bet. I think Cal is oh, yeah. a pretty safe bet. Like we know who these guys are. So who could the Mariners add the rest of this offseason? Well, Joe talked about that in this clip from the stream here on the screen now. Go ahead and check that one out. We appreciate you guys watching the Nick Rumble episode, episode 52 of the Hit It Here podcast, presented by Bet Online and Go Mariners.